One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Down the block, Andrew Johnson. Inside for Elba. Elba will score. Elba will score. Newcastle has won. Welcome back to the Rugby League Guru Podcast. As you can hear in my voice, I've had a couple of tough carries over the weekend. Uh, soothers, they have been no stranger to me, done some serious damage. It's uh, It's been a tough weekend, sort of pulled away from the podcast a little bit, essentially, because I only got my voice back this morning, but it meant that I was able to watch a lot of footy and... Um, the other, I took the opportunity as well, just to have a bit of a break from the podcast. I also put out on my Instagram story asking for you guys to tell me things you want to see improved on the podcast. And um, to be fair, got a lot of positive, just which is sensational. A lot of people don't say change anything and whatnot, which is great. Uh, but a lot of people also said stuff they want to see change. And I found that a, a pretty regular response that I got was um, asking for a bit of an extended podcast at the end of each week. So... I'm going to toy with on a Monday now, just having one podcast for the day. It'll drop in the afternoon and I will go through the entire round and give my opinions on each and everything. And I'll give a couple of hints on podcasts that are coming this week as well when I go through these. So Thursday night, um, we saw we saw the Penrith Panthers going head to head with the Brisbane Broncos. Uh, I sort of thought the Panthers would really run away with this one. I didn't give the Brisbane Broncos much chance. They led 12-10 at halftime, which was incredibly impressive. They lost 20-12, to which... As far as losses go, it is probably up there with one of the more impressive losses I've seen. They really hung in there. They were really impressive. Were the Penrith Panthers at their best? No, but you have to give some credit to the Brisbane Broncos. They forced them to play that way. They didn't allow them to play their normal brand of footy, which I thought was sensational. We obviously had a bit of controversy with the Panthers boys standing up, shaking each other's hands. And I see the funny side of it. I also see the side of it that says to me, ah... you know, the media and everything, they're starting to talk about this stuff during the week. They obviously planned that out. We saw them at training, upload a video of it as well. So, I don't know, maybe it's just the new wave of sport. Maybe it's the new age. I don't know. But I just, it worries me a little bit that they're obviously talking about this at training. It's something they're aware of. It's not It's not outside noise that's not affecting them. Uh, they're responding to this in a game that was really, really tight. So, I thought that was really interesting. The good thing about the Panthers, though... Um, I get a lot of DMs about me being critical about them. I'm not critical. I'm just realistic that, you know, I saw this team do unbelievable things in the regular season last year. They got to the big stage and a more experienced side got the better of them. Uh, in my opinion, in that grand final, the um, uh, an interesting decision from the video referee got them back into that game. The Melbourne Storm then started to lose players off the field. That sort of got Penrith back into it. Um, so for me, you know, on the big stage, they weren't even close to delivering. Uh, Nathan Cleary, a guy that I'm a huge fan of, 
big stages last year, whether it was Origin, whether it was Grand Final, didn't quite deliver as well. So there are still a lot of question marks around this. And, um, you know, I had someone refer back to the uh, the lost rings of the Buffalo Bills, which I thought was sensational. And look, they're not at that point. Don't get me wrong, they're not. Do they have the potential to be? So does every other team until they win a premiership. So I'm not going to heep that on them, but I am interested, you know, for, for me, the Penrith Panthers... Their season, it doesn't start till September, and that's when we'll see the real Penrith Panthers, which I'm really looking forward to at the moment. You cannot question anything they're doing, though. They're playing sensational footy. I love what Cleary and Luai are doing at the moment. Uh, That game didn't really fall the way they wanted to. They probably went into that expecting just to roll over this mob, which, I mean, you can't blame them for for expecting that to happen, uh, especially with the confidence they go into each and every game with. But what mattered to me is that the big moment came at the end and these two combined uh, to set up a brilliant try for the junk time king, Nathan Cleary, delivered in a big moment again there. I thought Brian Toto, he was unreal. Um, this guy, I'm going to be talking about later in the week for Origin Bolters, guys that haven't played yet. This guy will definitely be on the list. I think he's got huge potential to play this year. His height is the only thing that worries me, uh, but I think he's still got a serious shot to be there. He is... Best winger coming out of his own end by far and away, and we know how well he can find the try line. He is just so strong. He is so awkward to handle. He's like a skinnier Matt Utah. I thought in this game as well, Viliami Kikau uh, wasn't his normal explosive self, which I really like from the Penrith Panthers. Uh, normally when you've got a team with a damaging guy like him, I mean, you look at the Cowboys and Taumalolo, without him, they tend to struggle. But the Penrith Panthers, even when Kikau isn't at his barnstorming best, bending the line every time he gets the ball, they still managed to find a way, which I thought was fantastic. Uh, for the Brisbane Broncos, if you go off the stat sheet, Brody Croft, two try assists, by the way. Got one try assist off a kick, got another one off potentially a forward pass, but it was brilliant ball playing to Ethan Bullimore. And how quick is he? I couldn't believe how quickly he got through the line on that play. Brody Croft, he did address the markers were lazy. He pulled the guy on his inside. He knew he had a quick back rower inside him. It was brilliant ball playing. Pass was marginable, but... um. Yeah, I think there's a long way to go with this Brisbane side. The halves, they don't look quite settled to me. I thought Tommy Dearden was a little bit out of sorts. Brody Croft, he obviously took over that team the other night, and I'm not sure if that's the way they should be going. I know they got really close to winning that game, but I still thought if I was the Brisbane Broncos forwards, I would have been devastated by some of the options that the halves took the other night. Uh, I know I spoke about him the other day, Carmichael Hunt. I think he would be brilliant to bring into this squad and just... Just show these two how to deal with certain moments, when to give your forwards a break, when to when to spread the ball, when to do... And you know what? It is harder than ever right now because we're sort of facing a game that we haven't seen before. Um, they've got Kevin Walters, who, as good of a player as he was, he never played in this style of rugby league. I have no doubt it's extremely difficult for Kevy to be coaching in this sort of rugby league with the halves he's got without a real experienced head. I do think Carmichael Hunt, he would be sensational to bring in there, but... Yeah, I, I still can't believe how quick that Ethan Bullimore is. That was unreal. I haven't seen a back row run that quick in a long time. That was a sensational try by him. The Broncos, they're moving in the right direction. The Penrith Panthers, they're just going to keep doing what they're doing. They're just waiting for September, essentially. A fantastic game of the Broncos, though. Good to see them put up such a fantastic fight. Friday night footy delivered two absolute crackers. The first one saw the Newcastle Knights and the Cronulla Sharks going head-to-head up there in Newcastle. Uh, the Newcastle Knights, they won 26-22, uh, courtesy of a late try to Caelan Ponga. A sensational effort from him. You could see throughout the whole game he wasn't 100%. Him and Connor Watson, a bit of food poisoning during the week. So to put out the performance they did was unreal. And KP, it is just not fair the amount of ability this kid had. He's an absolute freak. A special mention of Brody Jones. Now, Heimel Hunt went down injured very early, about two minutes into the game, a hamstring injury. Brody Jones came on the field to play centre. Uh, with all due respect to Brody Jones, he's so far from a centre, it's not even funny. And the uh, game that he managed to put out was simply 
unbelievable. Now, there was obviously a try that he scored. He had a hand in the last one as well, but there's a try-saving moment in this game, and I'll talk more about this during the week in the moments that mattered, where he comes up with one of the plays of the week. Uh, Will Kennedy is going to score for all money in the end goals, and Brody Jones, he just finds that little bit extra, gets back, saves the day for the Newcastle Knights. He was unbelievable, Brody Jones, and I think that would be the happiest part of this win for Adam O'Brien. He'd be stoked to see KP back to his best, but seeing what Brody Jones did... Simply unreal. Uh, you also had the Brady, the Braley brothers going head-to-head in this game, which was really good to see. Fantastic story, those two. They've got a younger brother coming through the Howard Mats at the Sharks at the moment as well. I think they both combined for about 110 tackles, which was unreal to see. Obviously, two sensational footballers, both really starting to find their way in the NRL, especially Jaden. He's been sensational this year. Another guy I want to give a shout-out to is uh, Tyson Brazil. Scored a try in the end, which was fantastic, but I thought his work throughout the evening was unreal. That's the sort of stuff that... This team wanted to see when they signed Tyson Rizzo. He's becoming a real leader in this side. And look, he was a leader when he walked in. But I just think every, every week, he's getting better and better. He'll be a shoe-in for Origin this year, and I have no doubt he'll have a massive series. They would be absolutely stoked with him. For the Cronulla Sharks, Connor Tracy. Uh, this is a guy that, remember 18 months ago, I went to a South Sydney training session to see how they were traveling. Um, Adam Reynolds was not training that day. I'm not sure why, but Adam Reynolds wasn't there. And they had this kid who stepped in at halfback. And I remember watching him going, Jesus Christ, how good is this kid? It's not Adam Reynolds, but my God, it looks like him. He was so structured. He had everyone moving up. He just had all the moving pieces were going like clockwork. clockwork. Cody Walker was getting clean ball whenever he needed. They just looked sensational. And the reason why I was there, I was getting a um, a video for the Supercoach Guru from Sam Burgess. I'd organized to meet him there and he was going to do a video for me. So when I was talking to Sam after, I said, mate, who was the guy playing halfback out there? He looked unreal. He said, oh, that's Connor Tracy. And I sort of went, I was, he the kid that's had all the injuries? And he said, oh, look, he's had an ACL. He's had this. He's had that. But once he gets on the field, he's going to be unbelievable. And I sort of said, oh, he looks like such a good organizer. And he said to me, oh, it's his running game that's so dangerous. He's a really good little footballer. And, mate, I can't believe what he's doing in the Cronulla Sharks at the moment, playing center, playing wing. Honestly, he looked like Adam Reynolds 18 months ago to me. So imagine if you put Reynolds at center and wing doing what Connor Tracy's doing. He is an incredible footballer, and it's so good to see a guy like him overcome the injuries that he's had and be doing what he's doing at the Sharks is just sensational. I mean, I think he has to be in this 17 somewhere, which, of course, will make it very interesting tomorrow for Teamless Tuesday. Josh Hannay, he's got a serious headache on his hands. He's got Matty Moylan at six, the Chad wearing seven, Will Kennedy, probably the form player in this team right now at fullback. You've got to keep Connor Tracy in this team somewhere. Sean Johnson returns. So all of a sudden, that 14 jersey, does it go to Moylan? Does it go to Connor Tracy? Do they leave Connor Tracy center wing? I think it's going to be very, very interesting to see how this plays out. And another big in for them was, of course, Sifa Talakai. Now, I'm going to talk about origin bolters over the next couple of days. And this is a guy who, I know he's a long way down the track, but I think he will play origin one day. I absolutely love Sifa Talakai. He's an origin sort of player. His carries are unbelievable. I, I've spoken to a number of NRL players who have told me that the hardest bloke to tackle is Sifatalakai. He is just a little, little, who am I kidding? He's a massive, but he's a small body, just full of muscle. He is just a momentum king. He just carries and carries and just keeps moving forward. I really do think that Freddie would have his eyes on him over the next few weeks. He would be a sensational guy to bring off the bench. Very similar, not the same impact, but very similar to what Brandon Smith does for the Melbourne Storm. I just think the Sharks, they need to work out how to utilize this guy. They also need to get some match fitness under his belt. I always thought that eventually he'd play 80 minutes on the right edge, but seeing him in the middle the other night and just seeing the impact that he can have, I'm starting to wonder if he will be a middle forward there. It's going to be very interesting to see how that one plays out. Will Kennedy was a guy that I mentioned before, and 
the form of this guy is unbelievable. I mean, as I said, Josh Hannay's got a really hard decision to make this week, but geez, you would have to be, you'd have to be a bold or stupid person to leave Will Kennedy out of that. And that's coming from the biggest Matt Moylan fan in the world. I should be biased. I've got him in every single Supercoach team I've got this year and for the last decade. But Will Kennedy, I don't think you can possibly leave him out. He has just been unreal. The second game on Friday night, saw the Melbourne Storm 20-4 to over the Chooks, 4-0 at halftime to the Melbourne Storm. Not a heat to take out of this game for me. Look, the Sydney Roosters, they're still trying to find themselves. Uh, I mean, there's not many teams that could have the injury run that they've had and even compete with the Melbourne Storm. Uh, 20-4 to was the end score, but to be only 4-0 at halftime, I think they were both penalty kicks as well. Pretty impressive. Uh, obviously, Takiyaho went down as well. He's their key forward, so that one really hurt the Chooks. you got young halves playing together. I think that it's the youngest halves pairing in the NRL right now. I'll be shocked if it isn't. Uh, so a lot of a lot of difficult things going on for the Roosters. They, of course, uh, scored a try on the last play as well, uh, which... You know, save them from being on a duck egg. Nice little teddy kick out to the edge, which for some of you super coach owners uh, wouldn't have made your day, but geez, it would have made it a little bit easier because that was looking like a grim Tedesco score for a while there. Look, the thing I want to touch on here, and I'll talk about this later in the week as well, is this combination between Harry Grant and Brandon Smith. And look, I obviously run the Harry Grant fan page, have for a long time. And I was obviously very vocal in the preseason about Harry Grant. He needs to play 80 minutes. And my mistake once again was undervaluing, underappreciating how good this system is. You've got these two guys who potentially, they could be the best hookers in our game. Damian Cook would want to put his hat in the ring there. Reid Marnie would too as well. But I don't think it's unfair to say these two have the potential to be the two best hookers in rugby league. And they are happy to share minutes because they understand it is the best thing for their footy team. And I just think this is unbelievable. There is not many systems, there's not many teams ever where guys would be happy to share a role that they know, not only could I be the best in this team at it, I could be the best in the league at this position. I think it is unbelievable what they're doing at the moment. And I think it can only pay dividends. To start with Brandon Smith there, take him off for a spell, put Harry Grant in at nine, and then to re-inject Brandon Smith somewhere in the last 60 minutes to play lock forward is just unbelievable. It is so dangerous. And look, I love Brandon Smith. I absolutely love him. But I think that this might be the best option. It really might be. I do think Harry Grant will eventually play 80 and they'll just use Brandon Smith as a 13. But wow, if you can put Brandon Smith out there for the first 15, 20 minutes when it's really rough and tumble, it's hard, take him off for a big spell and then let Harry Grant go. This is just lethal. Uh, Super coach people... I know a lot of people are talking about bring Harry Grant in. I find it really interesting to see how his minutes play out. Uh, you know, we all, we all sort of get stuck in the old way of thinking, oh, the 80-minute hooker, you need one. I'm not sure if you're doing this, team. I'm really not. And that goes against everything I said in the preseason. If you drafted Harry Grant based off what I said, I apologize. I wasn't in a position to draft Harry Grant in any of my leagues, thankfully. And I still could be wrong, God knows. But I really like the combo they've got going at the moment. It is looking dangerous for me. This Melbourne Storm team, they are still the team to beat. They've got a lot of troops to come back. Dale Finucane returns, of course. And when he returns, makes Brandon Smith even more interesting. What happens there? Does he become just a forward on the bench? Does he... I mean, I'm not sure what's going to happen here, but this team, they've got a lot of troops to return. I think they're going to be fantastic over the next few weeks. A guy that has stepped up big time whilst Dale Finucane's been out has been Christian Welsh. And look, he was doing this last season as well, but he has been unreal to start the season. He's been crazy. A guy that I thought was going to be crucial to what they were going to do this year is Tui Kamakamika, playing big, big minutes, having big impact. 
he is really warming to the task now, and I have no doubt he's going to play a big role at the back end of this season. He was the key guy in this team that I thought they need him to stand up. This is the guy. Tino's left a big hole. They really need him to stand up here, and I think he's doing a fantastic job. Jerome Hughes as well. He's been sensational. Uh, Try scored on the weekend. Went through a gap that looked like Sydney heads in front of him, but this is what Jerome Hughes has to do. Yeah, he's in a pretty structured team, but they do allow Jerome Hughes to play footy, and then the Melbourne Storm work walk around him, and I thought it was sensational. You know, Hughesy on the line. There's not many halves that would have looked up and even seen that gap, and you know, you might think that's silly. You might think that's stupid. I'm sorry. That's the reality of the modern game. Guys don't look up enough, especially against a side like the Roosters. They're so ready to jump in their structures, get to the, you know, get to 80%, then curl around or do whatever they're doing. I thought it was sensational by Jerome Hughes. He has had a really impressive start to the season without being sensational. And then the tornado hit, the Tommy Turbo Tornado on Saturday afternoon. We obviously saw the game between the Gold Coast Titans and the Manly Seagulls play down in Mudgee. I tip the Gold Coast Titans here, uh, just sort of expecting that Tommy Turbo wouldn't have this much impact. I, I said it last week. Look, he's going to have an impact, but surely he's not going to be a 40-point turnaround. He was a 36-point turnaround. Simply unbelievable what Tom Javojevic did the other day, and I, I can't believe the impact he had. And the, the best thing about Tommy Turbo is not so much what he does as an individual, but the way that he lifts each and every person around him. This is another thing I'm going to touch on during the week. You know, I remember watching the Newcastle Knights in the early 2000s when Joey wasn't in that team. It was just a shit show. I remember watching Brad Fittler when he used to leave that Roosters team that was close to unbeatable in the early 2000s. Complete and utter tire fire without him. Tom Travojevic, you know, you, you also got to throw in JT in that. Uh, but then, you know, he retired. He, he, you know, he, he fell out of that Cowboys team in 2017. They still made it to a grand final. But Tom Travojevic... This team, you know, in the preseason, I had them as a smoky for the top four, and the amount of messages I got, what are you talking about? You're an idiot, blah, blah, blah. Mate, you can see the impact that this guy has. The way that he makes each and every player around him automatically better individuals is amazing. I, I can't believe the amount of confidence that you could see that Manly Seagulls team had once Tom Travojevic was on the field. It was unreal. I'm not sure if I've ever seen anything like it, to be honest with you. It was incredible. Probably since the last time Tom Travojevic did it. But this team... They have been so down and out. They have just been a speed bump for the last five weeks. This guy walks back in, and they just click. Kerry Evans looks back to his old self. Kieran Foran, some really good touches there. Their forward pack was unreal. I mean, I've been so critical of Paseca the last few weeks. The last two weeks, he's really stepped up. He's starting to realize the footballer that he can potentially be. I, I think the guy that has flown under the radar in this side... And he could put his hand up to be the best buyer of the season. I know there's a lot of other guys that are getting more stats that have been more impressive. Josh Alloyer has been massive for the Manly Seagulls, and he was huge again on the weekend. Very impressive from him. Obviously, the, the, the main title here is Tom Travojevic. The Titans are extremely disappointing, but I've got to put it down to the way Manly played. They were just unreal. And look, the Titans, I think this is going to be the team they are, realistically. There's a number of teams that are going to be like them all season. There was a game on Sunday between the Dragons and the Warriors. I'll get to that in a minute. But I just think the Titans, you're never going to be super confident on them. You're never going to quite know what you're going to get. I think this is just the reality of them. And this has been the reality of the Gold Coast for a very long time. I know they've turned a corner. They're a better footy team now than what they have been since probably 09 or 10 when Princey and those sort of lads were steering the ship up there, but I still don't think they're of the top queer, top tier quality in this competition. Uh, are they the tire fire that we thought they were after round one? No. 
Does 36 nil against the Manly Seagulls show how shit the Titans are? No. They will improve. They will be better for the run. I just think they're not a team that you can rely on, which is a large, large proportion, more than 50% of this competition, realistically. Now, the second game on Saturday, the West Tigers and the South Sydney Rabbitohs. In this game, I'm getting chills just thinking about it. This was unreal. I've never seen anything like this. Uh, And the Tigers... I said last week how sorry I feel for you. Good God, didn't that just get worse? I cannot believe how that game played out. Look, a guy I'm quite critical of is Adam Dwayhee. I thought he was unbelievable the other night. He had such a good game of footy. He was so controlled. He was so composed. He outkicked Adam Reynolds. He really did. You know how much I love over Adam Reynolds. I'm a huge fan of him. I think he's got the best kicking game in the game. Adam Dwayhee outplayed him the other day, which was sensational to see. We've seen him throw these outrageous left-to-right cutout balls over the last few weeks where he looks like he's throwing a watermelon, but it hits the spot. He got in the, in the position the other day where he could have done it. He held it up, he held it up, he held it up, and he put Luke Garner through, which is a really composed football play. That was the best thing I saw out of Adam Dwayne all night. Another guy that really impressed me was Simkin, Jake Simkin. We've heard a lot about this kid. I've heard a lot of people compare him to Harry Grant, and look, he's no Harry Grant, but he's a very, very good footballer, no doubt about it. 58 tackles on debut, very impressive. Uh, a lot of people wanted to point out he he missed a couple of tackles. Look, he's playing his first ever game of first grade against the South Sydney Rabbitohs. The game went to extra time. Yes, it was a shocking read on Tom Burgess. It is his first game of rugby league in the NRL. He would have been absolutely exhausted. He had made 58 tackles at that point and played 80 minutes in his first grade debut. A terrible, terrible moment for the West Tigers, but I am not going to crucify Jake Simkin in his debut game after that sort of performance of that. I know a lot of people commented it on my Instagram post, which is completely fine. That's all good and well, but I think it's a little bit over the top, to be honest with you. I thought this kid was great. I think he offers a lot. If I was Jacob Little, I'd be very, very nervous. His run selection has to improve a little bit, uh, but you know, this is a guy that scored six tries in five weeks or whatever, so... And look, there has never been a better time to be run happy either as a hooker. you still got to pick your moments. you still got to know when the halves need the ball. And this will come for this kid. But I think when when a guy like him, when a guy like Harry Grant, when Damien Cook, when they sense anything, they just need to go. Uh, there was a couple close to the line that I wasn't overly impressed with Simkin. But there's so much to work with this kid. And the ability I saw early was really, really impressive. Um, especially against South Sydney, as I said, he was forced to do a lot of work. He came up with a lot of really good plays. So I'm really excited about him. I think it'll be very interesting. Um, David Nofaluma, he swapped sides, which I thought was strange. Uh, he swapped sides to the left wing, and obviously that meant that he wasn't defending against South Sydney's strong left edge, which, um, yeah, I'm very interested to see how the Tigers line up this week. I wonder if Madge moved him away from that left edge simply because he didn't trust him. I think it's going to be very interesting to see how this one plays out. He's been... Oh, sorry, he, he was on the right edge for the West Tigers. I I think it's going to be very interesting to see if he plays left or right this week because he has been one of the best individuals on the right wing in our game for a very long time. He is unbelievable. Defensively, there have always been, always been issues. I've been talking about this for two years now. So it will be very interesting to see what Madge does this week. I kind of lean towards the fact that he was worried about Knopf out there defending Cody Walker's edge, so he made a late change. Whether that's not trusting Knopf, or whether that's just trying to throw a sparrow in the works for the... Uh, a spanner in the works, sorry, not a sparrow. A spanner in the works for the South Sydney Rabbitohs, I'm not sure. But it's something... I'm really interested to see what happens this week. Does... 
Michael Maguire moving back there. What, what's going to happen? I, I think it's going to be very interesting. But well done to the West Tigers. A sensational performance. Did enough to win without a doubt. Extremely unlucky. And that last play, Tom Burgess. Wow. Unbelievable stuff. Uh, to see him go that far untouched, essentially, until he got to Dane Laurie, who... To Dane Laurie's credit, didn't make the tackle, but fuck, didn't shy away from it. Did not shy away from it in the slightest. If you give a 130-kilo athlete 40 metres run-up to come at me, fuck, it takes a lot of bravery to stand in the way there. And well done to Dane Laurie for having a red-hot crack. Uh, he, you know, he almost did enough, realistically. He almost did enough. And I saw a lot of people bagging the referees saying, how on earth did they let that happen? What, what, What is this? And look, sorry, what, was it definitive that Tom Burgess grounded that ball. I mean, when you watched it in slow motion, sitting on your lounge with the best camera angle in the stadium, was it completely definitive? For me, I don't think it was. I honestly don't think it was. I would have given it a try. I think the video referee did the right thing, but I wouldn't say it was 100% definitive. And with all due respect to Tom Burgess, one of the better fibbers in our game, I've seen him do it a number of times. And with all due respect to Tom Burgess, I'm sorry, has he got the safest hands in the world? I don't understand how anyone could blame the referees for letting that play go. They know it's the last play. If Luke Brooks runs around and scores, and he deserved the opportunity to be able to do that because Tom Burgess dropped it, then that is play on. I can't believe the amount of people that criticize the referees for what happened there. It's, it's unbelievable. What happens if Tom Burgess does knock that ball on? It's play on, right? Luke Brooks should, be, should have the opportunity to pick it up and run. Just because the South Sydney players start celebrating and carry on like tits... It doesn't mean the game has to stop. I love what the referees did. They let the, the they let the play go on. They let South Sydney celebrate. They let Luke Brooks play the whistle, play rugby league. I'm sorry, if that happened in the middle of the field, would we be upset about it? If Tom Burgess drops the ball and then Luke Brooks picks it up, is that an issue? It's it's not a, it's not an issue anywhere else on the field. I don't understand why anyone's got a problem with this. If we went upstairs to the video ref and it turns out that Tom Burgess did knock on the ball, which, my God... He couldn't have possibly got closer to knocking it on. All of a sudden, the referees are geniuses. And I, I really like the fact that they let it play on. They understood that in that moment, if it is a knock-on, it is play on, regardless of how the South Sydney Rabbitohs players react. You all, you all saw Latrell Mitchell go the early crow when he thought Alex Johnson had scored. Now, they, they've done it again in that moment there. And I understand in that moment, you want to back your players and you want to get excited, blah, blah, blah. The referee's job isn't to keep South Sydney happy and keep everything fair. The, the referee's job is to get the right decision, and he did everything to allow the right decision to happen. He knew he had the video ref up his sleeve that he was going to go to anyway, and he had to let it play on. I thought it was sensational by the referees. Really, really, really good to see them think on their feet. I feel like a lot of referees would have been pressured to stop Luke Brooks, pull it up, but I thought it was sensational. They thought on their feet after 82 minutes of absolute exhaustion for the referees. You've got to remember... These referees, you, you all want to bag them. You all want to give them shit. Mate, you've got all these athletes that are playing 80 minutes. They finish the game. They lie down. They're exhausted. I understand the referees aren't making tackles and stuff, but my God, have you seen the amount of yards they're carrying? They are on for 80 minutes straight, running up and down that field, having conversations, making pressure decisions. It would be exhausting for the referees to be in the state of mind to make that decision in that moment. I thought it was sensational to see. Very, very impressive. Uh, for the South Sydney Rabbitohs, Adam Reynolds on earth can't they sign this bloke back up? I understand he missed a couple of kicks in the back end, which could have been big, but that two-point field goal, I mean, to see him nail that in that moment was unbelievable. He is such a freak at these things, and it had me wondering the other day, who who were the other guys that you would want more in that moment? Chris Sando would be right up there, but I have no doubt Chris Sando hit a field goal better than Adam Reynolds, but I'll tell you who I'm trusting 
on every day that ends in Y. It is Adam Reynolds. Jamie Sowers, another one that would be right up there. I think I'd have him and Adam Reynolds about even. But Adam Reynolds, he just just understands the moment. He is just such a sensational football. I absolutely love Adam Reynolds. As I said earlier, I do love him. Adam Dwyer, he got the better of him. But in that moment, that sums up who Adam Reynolds is. That kick, that was sensational. Another guy I thought was really good for South Sydney, uh, their back rower. And he's been unreal for a couple of years. Cameron Murray, uh, just such a good footballer, such a strong runner of the football, such a defensive workhorse. I absolutely love this guy. We put him in the bloat FCs, the best looking of all time and all these things, but fuck me, he can play. He is such a good footy player. I absolutely love him. And finally, Super Saturday, the late game. We saw the Eels defeating the Canberra Raiders down there in Canberra. Very impressive for the Parramatta Eels. Uh, They're shaping up really well. They're looking really nice at the moment. Uh, I still think that... There's a lot of guys that need to take that next step in their career for them to win a premiership. I'm looking at Mitch Moses. I'm looking at Gutho. But based on what we've seen so far, you uh, you can't really question they're heading in the right direction. Uh, I think Mitch Moses, he's been unreal. Last week, bit, bit of a quiet one. But some of the touches he's having at the moment have been crazy. And there's one try that Sean Lane scored on the weekend. And Mom deserves the best. And there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Moses touched the ball two or three times in that play, and I thought he was unreal. There's a left foot step on that he puts on the left tram line. Then there's a pass that he throws on the right tram line. Then he swings around the back. He gets it. He throws a brilliant inside ball. And this is the mark of really good ball players. When you're in broken traffic, when it's not a set line and you've got staggered numbers around you, the way that Mitch Moses controlled it, he knew he had Sean Lane there. He just knew that he had to just hold the fullback at bay for just a couple of seconds. He didn't jam in too long. He didn't hold the ball too long. Released it at the perfect time at high speed with all your adrenaline flowing just to calm down in that single moment. I thought it was sensational. A very, very impressive try there. A very Im- impressive performance from Mitch Moses. The one major negative coming out of the Paramount Eels, though, and I'm no doctor, so don't quote me on any of this, but I mean, the optics just from the outside looking in, we have to start to be getting a little bit worried about Ryan Madison, don't we? Uh, this is a guy that I absolutely love. I tipped him for massive things when he left the Roosters. Went to the Tigers, played Unreal. I said he played Origin that year. He just missed out on selection. Uh, we had all the West Tigers stuff go down. He's now ended up at the Paramount Eels. Been sensational since his arrival, but these concussions, it's a serious worry. I think this is the third, maybe the fourth week in a row he's missed, and I think it's the third week that he's been named and hasn't played. And Personally, I'm getting really worried about Ryan Madison. Uh, I'm starting to wonder if there's more to this, if this is... Uh, if this could be serious long-term trouble for Ryan Madison. It's going to be very interesting to watch over the next few weeks, I guess. One positive is that they keep on naming him. But as I said to some mates of mine over the weekend, I mean, I saw a quote from Parramatta. I don't have it directly in front of me, but they essentially said something along the lines of, we are not concerned that these concussions could cause Ryan Madison to retire. And, I mean, it's a compliment. It's really good to hear. But as far as this season goes, geez, I would have expected a little bit more positivity outside of this will not retire Ryan Madison, which is a big worry for me moving forward. Uh, obviously, Matto, we wish him all the best. We love him as a footballer. Love to see him get back into this side and do really well, especially with Origin leading up. He's a guy that is probably only one or two injuries away from getting a shout, but the way that it's playing out at the moment, the odds are getting longer and longer. And look, 
the silver lining out of Matto is that it gives someone else an opportunity, and that's been Isaiah Papali'i. And I keep talking about this guy every week. I spoke about him in the trials, but I just didn't see where he could fit into this team. And look, he's been unreal when he plays on the edge. Personally, I think he is better through the center third when he plays 50 minutes off the bench. But I mean, it's two tries in two weeks, I think, when he's replaced Matto. Uh, he, he's been sensational. One of the buys of the season, if not the buy of the season. One of the most improved, if not the most improved in the competition. He has been incredibly impressive. He has he has just done wonders to this Parramatta side. And when I look over the other side of the park, I must say I'm a little bit worried about the Canberra Raiders. Uh, they're a team that I tip to do really good things this year. And I think at the moment, they're just a little bit lost. And look, it could be it all catching up to them. You know, they made it all the way to the 2019 Grand Final, beating in absolute heartbreak there. Last year, they just ran out of gas at the end. They have just squeezed every drip out of this side, and I don't think they're done. Yeah, I really don't. I, I think they'll find their way in the back end. But what I will say, it's a little bit worrying how gas they looked and how just exhausted they looked to me before Origin comes around. They're going to lose Papali for a number of weeks. They're going to lose Jack Whiten for a number of weeks. Uh, there's probably going to be one or two other forwards that they lose there. Potentially could you lose a Hudson Young, maybe. Uh, a couple of young Queensland forwards they could lose there. Whether they make it or not, we'll see how that plays out. But it just does worry me that b- before Origin, they are so exhausted. They look gassed to me. Uh, they just look like they had no answer against the Paramount Eels the other night. Post-halftime, they were in serious Barney rubble. And look, I think Ricky Stewart, he's built a good enough system that they will find something at the back end. I have no doubt about it. I have no doubt they'll be in the top eight. No doubt whatsoever. And there's still a team to me that even if they played like this in round 25, I would still be worried about them playing them week one in the finals. Yeah, they're a team that they just know how to dig deep. And look, it's been an exhausting few weeks for them. Yeah, it has been an exhausting few weeks. And it all started with that game against the New Zealand Warriors where they lost a heap of gas. Yeah, that would have been exhausting. And then not to get the win, my God, just made the week even harder. The Paramount Eels, they really came to play after getting their ass slapped the week before by the Dragons. But the Canberra there are a couple of worrying signs there. And for me, it comes down to something I've been talking about for a couple of weeks. They need to find this balance between the halves and the two hookers. Firstly, they need to find the balance between the hookers. For me, Tommy Starling, 17 minutes, simply not enough football. You look at the, uh, the Melbourne Storm right now, the way that they're, they're, their hookers are working together. For me... But for me, from the outside looking in, the optics, it doesn't look the same in Canberra. I think Josh Hodgson, he's a guy that wants to be the star of the show. He always has been. And he's always needed to be at the Canberra Raiders. He doesn't need to be now. And I think that's something that he's potentially struggling with, to be honest with you. Tom Starling, he needs to be playing 35, 40 minutes of football. And for me, that doesn't mean that Josh goes to 13. Josh comes off the field. They don't need him on the field, in my opinion. They're halves. They are two quality footballers. They just need their forwards going forward. They're running nine, and it will be fine. I think there's a bit of pride that needs to be swallowed here by Josh Hodgson. And that's just from me, as I said, from the outside looking in. I could be completely wrong, but that's just what I'm seeing in this side. The other big worry, Jared Croker. Um, His fall from grace over the last two or three years has been really surprising, to be honest with you. I don't know if there's more to this. I don't know if he's playing injured. I don't know what it is. He obviously missed the first couple of weeks. But he just doesn't look himself to me. And I feel like this is something that if he doesn't turn it around quickly, I think it's going to start to be talked about a lot. There are a lot of young centers there that are sensational. Headline by one of my favorites, Sebastian Chris. He was 18th man on the weekend when he played this year. He looked unreal. You got Tomoko, you got Harley Smith Shields. They got all these guys there that are ready to step up. And personally, as much as Jared Croker's got the experience, 
it is a fast game now, and these kids, they are beating down the door. I think it's going to be very, very interesting to watch how this one plays out because Jared Croker, he has to improve pretty quickly, or I wouldn't be shocked to see the skipper lose his jersey. And I know that's controversial, but just keep an eye on him. I, to me, he doesn't look like the footballer he was two, two years ago, and I understand he's getting older. I get that. His team, their premiership window is open right now. Center is such a critical position. The center position now is more important than it has been in 15 years for me. You need strike players in those jerseys. Sunday kicked off with a pretty high-quality game between the Dragons and the New Zealand Warriors. A really good watch. And these two teams, I can't read them. Uh, happy to admit that. I've got no idea which of these two teams is going to show up whenever they play. It is it is anyone's game. It all depends how they show up on the day. Uh, they are a tipping nightmare. They are a betting nightmare. I've just got no idea. I, I fell into the trap last week of thinking the Dragons. Here they are. Yeah, they've got a really good run coming over the next few weeks. Josh McGuire walks into the team. They'll improve there. And wow, I, I was very disappointed with the Dragons. Impressed with the New Zealand Warriors. Don't get me wrong. But the Dragons that we saw for the last month and then the Dragons we saw on Sunday, two very different football sides. And I guess it sort of rewarded everyone that sort of said, oh, no, the Dragons are the same team they always have been. And um, I, I was really buying into it. Uh, just over the last few weeks, I thought they were really impressive. The Warriors, though, good God, they are a resilient bunch. They are just so resilient. Led by their skipper, Roger Tulvasashek. It is his last year, but, geez, he's going to leave his mark on the NRL. What a sensational footballer. I am so disappointed to see him go. It is so disappointing to see him leave our game. I absolutely love him, and I honestly do believe that if he would have played his career there, he's probably the best man that could have delivered them a premiership, the best chance they had of winning a premiership. Obviously coming through a tough window right now, uh, but they, they really are building to something. And the resiliency in this team is, we, we've never seen this from the Warriors. We've never seen them like this. For their entire existence, the New Zealand Warriors, when you think about them hanging in games, you just can't really picture it, yeah? They're either winning by heap or they're losing by heap, yeah? That's the way the New Zealand Warriors have been for a long time. But the way that the coaching staff and the, the whole situation over there with Gus with Peter O'Sullivan, all these guys, the way that they've they've turned the attitude around and the mantra over there, that they just hang in games of football. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter if you're Penrith, Melbourne Storm. It, it doesn't matter. They're going to hang in the contest with you, and that's what I love about this side. Missing Adam Fanua Blake, which is massive, absolutely massive. They still hang in there. Missing Chanel Harris-Tavita, huge, absolutely massive. Once again, still hang in the context against a team that's won four games in a row. They knocked off the Parramatta Hills last week. Very, very impressive with the New Zealand Warriors. I love what I'm seeing. Another guy I want to give a shout-out to, Josh Curran. 50 tackles was pretty impressive. A guy that I do like. Uh, sort of, He moved over from the Roosters a couple of years ago. I wasn't too sure about him, but I was really impressed with his game the other day. And the other guy I want to mention, and I'm sorry, is this guy not the most consistent and the most reliable player in this competition? Tohu Harris. He just delivers every week. He is, he is Simon Mannering 2.0. He might be better than Simon Mannering. It's not many guys that leave the Melbourne Storm and improve. And look, this guy, achievements-wise, trophies-wise, accolades-wise, probably hasn't improved. Game-wise, game leadership-wise, he has improved out of sight, Tohu Harris. He has been sensational over the last few years. He is a true leader over there, a guy that I've got a lot of time for. The last game of the week, Cowboys, Canterbury Bulldogs. Bulldogs looking for their first win of the season. Cowboys, they found a bit of form over the last few weeks. Obviously did a number on the West Tigers at Leichhardt over last week. Uh, but as I said in that game, they, they, they kicked a lot. They took a lot of risks. And sometimes you've got to do that and it'll pay off. And it did on that occasion. Um, I was a little bit disappointed with both teams here. 
not many positives to take out of either of them, to be honest with you. Uh, the Bulldogs, they started pretty slow. They got it to six all, but there was just... They just don't go forward. They just can't get out of their own end. I mean, the Cowboys were getting up in their face, but they've just got no answer to it. They've just got no... They get no momentum. They're losing Jack Hetherington now. Um, you know, they they got Thompson back, the the, the, the Pommy front row, and he's great, but there's just... There's no punch. There's no... They, they, they do a lot of one-out hit-ups. It's just very, very basic footy. And as soon as you kick to their corners and you, and you get them to come out of their own red zone, they're in serious Barney Rubble. And the Cowboys aren't the best defensive side. They're without Tao Malolo as well. Like, this Cowboys team's far from perfect. And I, I just can't believe how much Canterbury struggled to get out of their own end. And when I have a look at their back five, honestly, I'm not sure if any of these players are playing in their best position. Like Trent Barrett, I've been a big fan of him. A lot of you guys have pushed back on him, and that's fine. You're, you're probably completely right at the moment. But, I mean, he's got Nick Kotrick on the wing. I'm sorry, I see Nick Kotrick as a center. I don't know about anyone else, but I see him as a center. He's got Dallin Wateni Zalesniak as a fullback. He's a winger, day in, day out for me. He's got Will Hoppawade at center. He's a, He plays his best footy at fullback for me. He's got Corey Allen at center. For me, he also plays his best footy at fullback. We saw that last year for South Sydney. Then he's got Katoa on the wing. I don't know too much about him. He's probably the one playing his best position. But between Allen, Hoppawade, Kotrick, DWZ, I don't think Trent Barrett has any of these guys in his best position. Also, the 5'8", Jake Avarillo. I would probably say he's a fullback as well. Once again, maybe I'm overreacting there, but I feel like I'm missing something with the lineup that he's picking at the moment. And look, I know he doesn't have an extended amount of cattle to pick from, but, geez, I think you could do yourself some massive favors by picking guys in their best positions and letting them play extended footy there. I I don't understand how you could sign Corey Allen and not play him at fullback. That one, that one's probably the most confusing to me of all, to be perfectly honest with you. Uh, you saw Will Hoppawade. There was a moment in that game that summed up Canterbury at the moment. It was at the back end of the game. You all know what I'm talking about. Hoppawade got the ball. Flanagan threw an absolute seed to him down the right edge. He was away. It was a drawing pass to his winger. And honest to God, he turned 90 degrees and he ran straight back into Scott Drinkwater, who he'd already beaten. It was just, and it wasn't even a left hand, a left hand palm to get away from. It was, I'm going to turn my body so it's facing the other corner post and body up against you. It was just, it was a surreal play. I could not believe what Will Hopawade did in the, in that moment. An experienced player and a guy that, geez, oh, I still remember back to when he made his debut for Manly, and you thought, my God, this guy, he could be one of the best we've ever seen. Went away for his Mormon mission, and we've seen flashes of greatness from Will Hoppawade, but we've just never seen consistent level of amazing stuff that he can deliver whenever he wants. And I, I think to get the best out of him, he probably has to be at fullback. But you've also got Corey Allen. You've also got Jake Avarillo. I'm not sure where you play him. I, you know, he played well against the Melbourne Storm. He scored two tries, but were they really five eight sort of tries? They were more footballer sort of tries, and maybe that's the sort of six Jake Avarillo is. I don't know, but. All seems a little bit strange to me. Look, these two teams, I, I don't think either of them is going to be out of the bottom four. Tao Malolo, he's broken the other wrist now or hand or whatever it is, which blows me away. I don't understand. Like, What, what are the chances of this happening? One of the best forwards in our game gets injured, breaks his hand in training, and then three weeks later, as he's about to return, he gets scratched for illness. Then during the week, breaks his other hand. Just unbelievable. I mean... They, oh, he must have run over a heap of black cats, poor old Toddy Payton. It's been a tough gig for him. Good for him to get the win there. But, uh, yeah, these two teams, I'm not buying stocks on either of them. Win, lose, draw, doesn't really matter to me. Uh, Canterbury Bulldogs, 
Mate, for, uh, unbelievable. They, they actually managed to be a better football side with 12 on the field. And maybe there's a little bit of confidence to take out of that, that, hey, with 12, fuck, we can actually play some football, you know? We can actually score some points. Hopefully they take some confidence out of that. But a surreal thing to see them play their best footy, one, against the Melbourne Storm, then two, when they're exhausted, they're on the back foot, and they've only got 12 players on the field. I mean, Trent Barrett must just be sitting there pulling his hair out. It must be such a tough gig for him to work out what on earth is going on with this system. Plenty more podcasts to come this week, guys. As you can hear during this, my voice is still going in and out. I had to record this podcast in about 20 different clips because after about three and a half minutes, like clockwork, my voice would just fall out of it. So hopefully it wasn't too stop-start for you. Uh, probably wasn't a great idea to do an extended podcast first up off a spell. Uh, lessons learnt there, though. But it's something I really want to do for you every week, have an extended podcast that you can listen to at the start of the week with all of my review from the previous round. Going to be a big week. Tomorrow morning, we've got part two with Tony Durkin. A sensational chat. A fantastic trip down memory lane through Queensland and rugby league history. We'll have the Supercoach Whisper on. We'll have our Teamless Tuesday review. A heap to come over the over the next few days. Obviously, we talked about we're going to do some origin bolters. We're going to talk about Tom Travojevic and his individual effect on this manly side. It's up there with the very best of all time. Looking forward to bringing those to you over the next few days. Fingers crossed I've got my voice back having a Barry Crocker today. Cheers, guys. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 